morning. My name is Rob Daniels, and welcome to Visions and Sound. Now, for those who may be joining me for the very first time, Visions and Sound is a movie, TV, and video game soundtrack program that I produce each and every week, right here on 98.5 CKWR. Well, here we are, show number 42 of 2023, and show number 1200, if you're keeping track of that way. This week, we continue Halloween Horror Month with a celebration of the 50th anniversary of The Exorcist. Now, to be honest, I hesitated doing this week's show. There's a lot to unpack here, and we have our stories about how this film freaked the heck out of us when we watched it. The Exorcist is a horror film based on William Friedkin, directed rather by William Friedkin, from a screenplay by William Peter Blatty, based on his 1971 novel of the same name. Now, the film stars Ellen Bernstein, Max von Sydow, Jason Miller, and Linda Blair. Now, the story follows the demonic possession of a young girl and her mother's attempt to rescue her through the exorcism of two Catholic priests. Blatty, who also produced the film, and Friedkin, his choice as director, had difficulty casting the film. Their choice of relative unknowns, Bernst, Blair, Miller and so on, instead of major ass stars, drew opposition from Warner Brothers. Principal photography was also difficult, taking place in both hot deserts and refrigerated sets. Many cast and crew were injured, some died, and unusual accidents delayed shooting. Production took twice as long as scheduled and cost almost three times the initial budget. The many mishaps have led to, uh, to a belief that the film was cursed. Can you see why I hesitated? The Exorcist was released in only 24 theaters in the United States on December 26, 1973. Reviews were mixed, but audiences waited in long lines during cold weather. The sold-out shows were even more profitable for Warner. Some viewers were reported to suffer adverse physical effects, fainting or vomiting into shocking scenes, and also surprises. this also surprises me that many children were allowed to see the film. This led to changes in uh, that the MPAA ratings board had given the film an R rating instead of an X rating to ensure the troubled production and its commercial success. Now, several cities attempted to ban it, the film outright or prevent children from attending. I can't see back then children attending this film. At the time, or at the end of its original theatrical run, the film grossed $193 million and has a lifetime gross of $441 million with subsequent releases. Now, this actually leads me to the anniversary showing, one of the anniversary showings I attended. This was a case of a bad audience. Over the years, the film had been parodied, and I guess that was more on the minds of certain members of the audience at the t- many of the more frightening scenes, there was laughter in the audience. Many, to the point where it actually ruined the horrifying vibe the film is intended to have. Now, since then, I have yet to see the film because of this poor audience. Uh, this is also despite my owning the film on VHS at the time. Now, the buzz around the film helped it become the first horror film to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture as well as nine other Oscars. Blatty won Best Adapted Screenplay, while the sound engineers took Best Sound. It had had several sequels and was the highest-grossing R-rated horror film until It 
in 2017. Now, the soundtrack from the film really remained elusive for many years, often being overly priced due to its rarity. Now, I happened upon the score because it was included in a special edition VHS set of the film. Though this release had to omit, omit rather, two musical pieces, Night of the Electric Insects and, surprisingly, Tubular Bells, as I believe there was a licensing conflict. Now, Mike Oldfield's Tubular Bells surprisingly became a very popular after its use in the film. Friedkin recalled in 2015 that he had wanted something like Brahms' lullaby with a kind of childhood feel. Now, Friedkin often, or Friedkin found Oldfield's record, which Warners had not been planning to release, and persuaded the company to buy the rights. Believe it or not, Tubular Bells was released as a single and the theme charted. The A-side is a variation of one of the themes from Oldfield's debut album, Tubular Bells, hence the name, and was made in response to an American single containing the excerpt from Tubular Bells, which Oldfield did not authorize. After its use in in the 1973 film The Exorcist, Tubular Bell, get this, released, or sorry, reached number seven on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, considering it a hit. Now, what you'll hear, be hearing today is from the Warner's album and excerpts from a 20, 2012 Perseverance Records release. Now, be warned that some of this music is very avant-garde and actually may great against what some consider music. So here is some music from the 1973 film, The Exorcist. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول
Hard to believe. Number seven on the Hot 100 charts. It's a little bit of music from The Exorcist. The uh, uh, with music by a various number of uh, of uh, composers and that sort of thing. So if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I'm on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. You can find me on Good Pods, a downloadable app for your phone or other type devices, and I can also be found on many other podcatchers, including Apple Music. So welcome back to Visions in Sound, as this week we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of The Exorcist. Now, also on the Warner's release is music from the unreleased Lalo Schifrin score to the film. Oh, poor Lalo Schifrin. Schifrin said that after he had written six minutes of music for the Flash Face and a working score, trailer executives told Friedkin that they wanted softer music, but Friedkin never told Schifrin. Friedkin rejected Schifrin's score. In 2005, Schifrin said that he was, this was in retaliation for an earlier incident between the two. Schifrin denies claims that he used his original Exorcist music several years later in the Amityville Horror, and according to a 1998 documentary, Friedkin threw away the tapes of Schifrin's score in the studio parking lot. However, some of the unused score did survive. In this case, it is actually released on the Warner Brothers um release that came with the, came with in the special edition. So as we're heading into the next hour, I'd like you to take a listen to some of the music from unused music from the exorcist in this case by Lalo Schifrin back in just a bit. Supplementum 
with a little bit of music from the unused score from uh, The Exorcist. That's music by Lalo Schifrin. Yes. Mission Impossible, Lalo Schifrin. That Lalo Schifrin. So welcome back to Visions and Sound, as this week we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of The Exorcist. Now, due to the success of the film, sequels were inevitable. The first being 1977's Exorcist II, The Heretic. This time... Blair, 
uh, once possessed by a demon, finds that it still lurks within her. Now, meanwhile, a priest investigates the death of the girl's exorcist. Now, John Borman, who actually turned down directing the first film, directs this sequel with a score by Ennio Morricone. So here is some music from The Exorcist II, The Heretic.
And with a little bit of music from The Exorcist 2, The Heretic, that's music by Ennio Morricone. I will say this, it seems to be a night for very weird music. So if you are into the weird, creepy music of The Exorcist, yeah, you've got it here tonight on Visions in Sound. So with that in mind, if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. And I'm also on Good Pods, downloadable app for your phone or other type device. And I can also be found on many other the web uh, podcatchers, sorry, not webcatchers, podcatchers, including Apple Music. Just type in Visions and Sound and you'll be able to find me that way. So welcome back to Visions and Sound as this week we are celebrating the 50th, yes, 50th anniversary of The Exorcist. Now, as I mentioned before, sequels were inevitable. 1990 saw The Exorcist 3. Now, to this day, unfortunately, Barry Dvorzin's score has never been released. That did, however, not stop additional Exorcist films from being released. As mentioned before, several parodies and knockoffs over the years did surface, with 2004's uh, release of Exorcist The Beginning. Now, this Rennie Harland-directed film is a prequel to the 1973 film. Years before Father Marin helped save Regan McNeil's soul, he first encounters counters the demon Pazuzu in East Africa. This is the initial battle with Pazuzu and a rediscovery of his faith. Now, Paul Schrader was originally hired as director of the film, but Morgan Creek ultimately rejected his psychological thriller approach, saying that it was commercially unmarketable. The decision was then made to extensively rewrite and reshoot the script, recast several roles and add new characters, and give the director's chair to Rennie Harlan. Now, Schrader's version was originally supposed to be released direct-to-video as a bonus feature of the DVD release of Harlan's version. However, in the wake of Exorcist the Beginning's box office failure, Morgan Creek abandoned this idea, allowing Schrader to present his vision, version rather, at several film festivals, as well as giving it a small-scale theatrical release in several countries under a new title, Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist. Now, Schrader's version also received support from William Peter Blatty, who said to the Houston Chronicle that Schrader's version of is a handsome, classy, elegant piece of work. So the music here was written by Trevor Rabin and to this day has not been released to the public. However, what kind of a show would this be if I didn't play the music from said soundtrack? So here is some music from Trevor Rabin's score. Now, I have to admit, uh, I have to mention here as well that Angela Badalamenti also did music for uh, Dominion or, or did music for the various, the, the Exorcist, the beginning, but this is the score specifically from Rabbit. So sit back and enjoy some music from Exorcist, the beginning. And this is, like I said, is music by Trevor Rabin back in a bit. Thank you. 
And with a little bit of music from the uh, film Exorcist, The Beginning, that's music by Trevor Rabin. Well, The Exorcist would go down for many as one of the scariest films ever made. And to this day, several people, including myself, will never watch the film again. I would like to make note of a couple of things. Uh, In 2016, a television series that was a direct sequel to the 1973 film was produced. It lasted two seasons. It was scored by Tyler Bates and did get a soundtrack release. Unfortunately, it only lasted two seasons. Now, this year saw the release of Exorcist the Believer. This was scored by Aman Abbasi and David Wingo. It did get a, a soundtrack release as well. I would also like to thank uh, two YouTube channels, The Cinema Snob and Todd in the Shadows, for posting videos that helped me with research for the show. Well, as we are rounding out 2023, I hope as you're getting on with your day that you realize just how awesome you are. Never let anyone tell you any different. If you're ever not feeling right, there are people out there who care about you and are willing to chat. If not family, then some professional who can help. As Rocky said, nobody hits harder than life. I know from personal experience how hard it is for me to sit behind this mic week after week when I feel like no one listening. I would never have made it this far without the support of a huge team of people behind me. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help, resources are available. In case of an emergency, please call 911 for immediate help. The Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts, Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868, uh, 1-844-HERE-247 and here247.ca all offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. Well, join me next week. You know, I can't believe this. As we conclude Halloween Horror Month with a look at the 45th anniversary of the film Halloween. I'll end off this week's show with some more music from The Exorcist and I'll be back next week with more Visions in Sound.